sisters and for the music ministry. It sets the atmosphere, amen, makes preaching easy. It makes the word coming forth easy. It makes it easy for you to hear and focus on the word. So it's a good thing. So we thank the Father God for providing this opportunity for us so that we can hear fresh word from heaven. You know, we want to hear the, the uh, now word from God and, and get instruction from God. You know, the church is an active and alive body of believers. And as an active and alive body, we have a mission, we have instruction, we have somewhere to go, we have vision. And so we want to tap in to that vision by prophecy and by worship and by preaching the word and getting understanding. So we're going to endeavor to do that tonight. And so I said, what did I say I was going to preach on? The subject was what? A horse story. Amen. Amen. It's really, really the bride and groom, a horse story. So uh, I was watching uh, uh, the movie Secretariat. I know many of you have seen that. And uh, I, uh, we got this new video or whatever that thing is, uh, satellite service. And so they offered us three free months of movies. Most of them you can't watch, but, you know, the ones you can watch, that was one of them. And so I was watching it one night, and there was something that struck me in that movie. And I, I kept thinking, I thinking about it, and so... Uh, I told, I was telling Rachel, I said, I really watched that movie. I said, I want to watch it again. And she said, oh, Baba, I'll, I'll, we'll DVR it or whatever that is, DVR. So she DVR'd it. And so I told her, I said, well, I got to watch it and take notes because God wants me to, wants to tell me something about that. And so <coughs> she kept bugging me. She was ready to play it for me every day. And you taking your notes yet? You want to take your notes? <laughs> so, <laughs> so finally the day came and we watched the movie. And, and, uh, and so I, I was, as I was doing it, the Lord sometimes will give you the, the Bible says your tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. And so the, the ready writer, uh, scribe type of, of, uh, function is in operation with that. And so I was able to, write down what the Lord gave me so I said well Lord I'll just read it as you gave it to me prophetic word and so forth so anyway I uh, thought that I would would share this with you uh, to give you understanding of who we are and where we are we need to understand that we're just not people who come to church and pay our tithes and go home and, and live naturally but we are supernatural people folks we are we are spirit that's the true you is you're a spirit, but you're just clothed in a body. This, this body doesn't dictate who you are. And so in, in understanding vision from God, you know, you have to first understand who you are. You have to step in the right identity. That is so important when you're going forward in the things of God because the devil will always challenge you on your identity. He always wants to make you think you're not who God says you are. Amen. And so when we get to understand these things and we begin to come into a true identity, understand who we are, understand our place in this earth and what the earth is is looking for out of the church and what God expects out of his people, I think then we can come forth with greater confidence and clarity and be obedient to God in all things. So anyway, the story of Secretariat really becomes a story about being confident who you are by birth and by blood. Being confident who you are by birth and by blood. And the story starts out, the movie starts out with this reading from the book of Job. 
Job 39:19 through 25 from the NIV. And this is God speaking to Job. He said, do you give the horse its strength or clothe its neck with a flowing mane? Do you make it leap like a locust, striking terror with its proud snorting? It paws fiercely, rejoicing in its strength and charges into the fray. It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance. In frenzied excitement, it eats up the ground. It cannot stand still when the trumpet sounds. At the blast of the trumpet, it snorts, aha. It catches the scent of battle from afar, the shout of commanders and the battle cry. So the Lord has built that into the horse, into its nature. It's afraid of nothing. It charges at the sound of the trumpet going into battle. Oftentimes when the rider is killed, the horse may be killed too, but he's not afraid to go into battle because that's what he's created for. By blood and by birth, that's what he's created for. Secretariat had a champion's bloodline. There had not been a triple crown winner since 1948. Many doubted it would ever happen again until a horse from a winning bloodline was the losing pick in a coin toss between two wealthy Virginia horse breeders. Secretariat was owned by the Chenery family who bred mares and had an agreement with a man who would one day be the richest man in America to mate his sires with his mares. They tossed a coin when the pregnant mares were about to give birth. The Chenneries had a record of losing the coin toss, which allowed the sire's owner to choose the horse that he wanted first. The richest man in America turned down Secretariat. He was rejected before he was born. Because of the death of the matriarch of the Chenery family and the deteriorating health of her husband, their married daughter Penny Tweedy took it upon herself to liquidate the farm. However, as she began the process of liquidation, she found herself drawn into the business more and more. Her first task was to stabilize the farm. She began by firing an impudent and dishonest trainer. A loyal secretary stood by the family, as did the groomers and other help staff. She balanced the books in two years and got the farm out of debt. The Chenery family were people of integrity and well-respected in the Virginia horse breeding world. Whenever Penny needed guidance or advice, it seemed an unseen hand helped her find the right people. Having a husband and children at home in Denver, Colorado, kept Penny's attention divided, but she could not resist her natural instinct toward horses. What began as a liquidation project turned out to be a new venture for her, now close to 40 years of age. Something her father told her as a little girl kept flashing through her mind, quote, Penny, you run your race. Necessity caused Penny to hire a marginally successful trainer who first rejected her offer to work her horses, saying that the farm didn't have any good horses. But on the night the secretariat, who was called Big Red when he was born, that trainer was there. They all marveled that the colt stood on his feet immediately after birth, although he couldn't wait to get started, as though he couldn't wait to get started. Big Red was thought at first to be too clumsy. He ate too much. 
He was too lazy to be a good racehorse. Like so many of us as we began in God. We were always awkward, clumsy, not well received at times. Many times our efforts at ministry and reaching out to God were laughed at. But the Father Father urges us to run our race anyway. He equips us just as Big, Big Red's owner, jockey, trainer, and groom prepared him to make horse racing history. As Big Red approached three years old, he prepared to, quote, run his race. A come from behind horse, he caused great excitement and became a crowd favorite. In the age of Watergate and Vietnam, Secretariat began to symbolize unity and gave America something to cheer about. He graced the covers of newspapers and magazines. He seemed headed for the Triple Crown. He was named Horse of the Year. Competitors saw Big Red as the one to beat. Horses are unpredictable. That's why bettors are given three chances to win money on a race. First, win, second place, and third, show. There were still those who doubted Secretariat's ability to, quote, go the distance. As each race in the Triple Crown got longer in length, his chances seemed to be slimmer and slimmer that he would continue to win. In our world, he who endures to the end will be saved. How will God's people finish and how will we run our race? What matters in prep- is preparation. What matters in preparation for the finish? It's a combination of training, alertness, condition, ability, and instinct. Everything has to come together just right. Divine timing in so many ways. The groom is often the one person who is able to put everything together. A man named Eddie Sweat was the groomer who took care of Bidgred from the time he was a foal. He was there when he was born. The groom lived in quarters near to the stable. It was a difficult and a rough life. He was responsible for the horse and others as well to care for, his, for, for him physically. Washing, brushing, cooling down. He would bathe, blanket, and cool and feed the horse daily. He examined the horse continually from head to toe. He knew if the horse were injured or sick. Eddie Sweat even spoke to Big Red in a language only he and the horse understood called Geechee. And Big Red understood him and obeyed him. Eddie Sweat was the one person that Big Red was able to relate to at all times. Eddie Sweat kept total control over Big Red when others could not. The relationship between the horse and the groom was very special. As the horse's fame grew, Eddie Sweat became the 24-hour watchman over Big Red. His instinct was that the horse had a fire inside him that had not yet been seen. Penny Tweedy had more concerns. The death of her father put the farm in debt and an inheritance tax of $6 million dollars. The decision was was being tossed around that if Big Red were sold, it would get them out of debt. But Penny withstood the pressure to do that. And as the owner, she had her father's instincts for horses. She knew there was something yet in that horse that had not be seen as well. And it was her job to make sure that they held on to Big Red at all costs. See, she sold shares in Big, Big Red's future foals. That horse was syndicated for $190,000 a share. The richest man in America invested, and the pressure was on. 
The Wood Memorial was the last day before the Kentucky Derby, was the last race before the Kentucky Derby, which was the first race in the Triple Crown. Big Red came in third, beaten by a horse named Sham. Sham's trainer began to gloat and began to boast that the horse was a loser. The groom always focuses on the horse, and Eddie Sweat found a way to get involved in Big Red in such a way that he became the investigator to make sure that whatever was wrong with their horse got fixed before the big race. There was concern from all quarters. The owner, the jockey, and the trainer began to argue and fight and blame one another for the horse's loss. Investors complained. But the groomer, Eddie Sweat, inspected the horse, and the vet was called. It was found that Big Red had a gum abscess that was pulled and, and caused pain every time the bridle was grabbed. And he was in pain throughout the entire race, which was enough a distraction to cause him to come in third. Measures were taken to treat the abscess. This kept the groomer watching, sleeping in the stable, treating the abscess watching to see when Big, Big Red would again, quote, take his feed with the mouth abscess he was unable to eat. He knew that when the horse took his feed, it would be a sign that he was ready and he would be able to do the race. Eddie Sweat hovered over Big Red watching, just as the Holy Spirit hovers over us. Would the greatness that he knew was inside of this horse ever be seen? Three years old only happens once. The triple crown would be this year or not at all, and their horse was not in good health. There is an assigned time for the manifestation for the sons and daughters of God as well. Only the Holy Spirit, our groomer, knows the readiness of the bride of Christ to manifest the glory of God. In training, Big Red's times were not good. He was not yet ready. Many of us feel the same way sometimes. We feel unsure about ourselves. We're untested in so many areas. Others have served and are weary. We need to ask ourselves sometimes, can these bones live? Only our groom, the Holy Spirit, knows because he has seen our future and he knows our future is good. He is confident and he is secure in us and he looks for signs in the bride that her time is near. The night before the Kentucky Derby, groomer Eddie Sweat has a dream about Big Red. He dreamed that the horse wins a triple crown. That morning he awakens to find the feed bucket, which had sat uneaten for a week, empty. And for the first time in more than a week, Big Red has eaten. He, he hastily gives him a second bucket of feed. The next scene in the movie was the one that's used as a trailer for the movie. And it shows a man making an announcement in what looks like a big stadium. The man speaks in a broken English, and he isn't attired like somebody who's making an announcement, but he makes the announcement anyway. I always wondered about that trailer when I saw it because I thought, who is this man that's talking, not speaking well, and he's gotten all this attention? When I look at the movie... It makes perfect sense what he's doing. Prophets understand the necessity of making known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. Eddie Sweat wakes up at the crack of dawn 
And he goes out into an empty stadium. And what had been revealed to him in that dream and what he knows in his heart to be the truth, he begins to declare. These decrees are necessary. The Bible says the Lord has spoken. Who can help but prophesy? Yes, this is the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. This is how we manifest ourselves, through our words. When God speaks, we can't help but prophesy. They prophesy when the Lord gives the unction. He utters his voice before his army. His camp is very great. No matter what you see on television or what, who you see backing down from challenges to God's word, God's camp is very great. Amen. He has much people in the city. Finally, the brazen heavens over Kentucky, who have laughed at Big Red, called him too fat, too lazy, not enough speed, would be silenced. Eddie Sweat makes his declaration as he stands in that empty stadium in the empty <clears throat> Churchill Downs track race, trackway at the crack of dawn. And he begins to declare what he knows for the first time in his heart to be true. The humble groomer finally has an opportunity to have his say. The trainers don't really listen to him too much. He's too humble. The owner doesn't listen to him too much, but he can make the heavens understand who he is. And he lifts up his voice and he makes this statement. Hey, Kentucky! Big Red done ate his feed this morning. And you're about to see something you ain't never seen before. So get ready. Get ready. Amen. Still brings tears to my eyes when I see that. Because prophets understand that. We understand that all we have to do is make known to whoever is mocking us, to whoever, whoever is scorning us, and whoever is telling us that we're not who we know we are, that we are who we know we are. And get ready. Amen. Get ready. Not many words, he says, but the heavens and the earth obey. They hear. They have to break forth and let Red have his day. Secretariat wins the Kentucky Derby by three lengths. Two weeks later, he wins the Preakness. The Belmont, two weeks after that, he wins by 31 lengths. A length is about eight feet. It's the length of a horse in stride. He wins it by 31 of those. Never has ever been done since. So they saw something they'd never seen before and never will see again. And it's the same way with God's church. The world is about to see something they've never seen before. And they're never going to see it again. The Belmont is still an unbroken record. And Secretariat Big Red begins to perform the way God described him in Scripture in the book of Job. Do you give the horse its strength or clothe its neck with a flowing mane? Do you make it leap like a locust, striking terror with its proud snorting? 
It paws fiercely, rejoicing in its strength and charges into the fray. It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance. In frenzied excitement, it eats up the ground. It cannot stand still when the trumpet sounds. At the blast of the trumpet, trumpet it snorts. A high catches the scent of battle from afar. The shout of the commander, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the battle cry. The world is about to see something it's never seen before, folks. It's seen it in little glimpses and little smatterings. We, like this horse, have a race to run. We have to run our race. We all have an individual race to run. You have a group race to run. But we all have to run our race. You need to know that you're very precious to God. And you are great and destined for further greatness. We are of royal blood and we are many nations and people, but we are still one blood. It doesn't matter how we began, but what matters to God is how we finish. How will we finish? The groom is the one who knows. The Holy Spirit has been grooming us, our comforter, and he has the vision. And he constantly prepares the bride for her finish. Under the watchful eye of the Holy Spirit, we are being conformed to the very image of Jesus Christ. Like Esther, we are like Esther and he is like Mordecai, watching us and grooming us for such a time as we are on this earth. We only have one time on this earth and we must yield to the Holy Spirit in order to make the most of it. Just like Esther, who ran her race knew that she was called for greater things than to be perfumed and prettied and get her acrylic nails done once a week. She was called to battle, and she was called to stand, and she was called to stand in a hard place and declare for God what he wanted to have declared, even though it would cost her her life. If I perish, I perish were her words. And those are the words of the bride who is totally sold out and committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. We were born to run this race. We were created to prophesy. Just as Secretariat had attributes of her parents, we also have the attributes of our Father God. Just as he began this world with the words, let there be, the church will finish our earthly work with the same gift, declaring the word of the Lord, let there be salvation, let there be healing, let there be deliverance, let there be holiness among the church, let there be faithfulness among God's people. We will finish his work in the earth the same way he began it, with a declaration of let there be. Amen. Our final race will be an active race and it will be a spectator race. As we prophesy and declare the word of the Lord, we will be watching the enemies of our God become his footstool by executing the judgments that are already written against them. We don't have to have an an excuse or an opportunity to tell the devil to let go of what he's holding. It's already written. He owns nothing. He's entitled to nothing. And it's up to the church to declare unto him what is true and what is written already about him. And watch as he becomes the footstool of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
No longer will the church be made fun of, told she cannot speak, be told to wait for things that are freely given by God. But we will know who we are. The more we exercise our gift in prayer and allow the work of the Holy Spirit to convince us of the greatness and the glory that is being revealed in us, separating ourselves more and more from the world, we will attain to the true stature of Christ. Just as the prudent guidance of one woman, a trainer, a jockey, and a groomer developed a great horse, so we, the church of the living God, will stand in our authority tonight and make our declaration. Because we are ready. We have an unction. The Lord has spoken. Who can help but prophesy? His word is like fire shut up in our bones. And we know who we are. We are not sinners who fell down and got up while nobody was looking and brushed ourselves off and pretended to be saved. You're blood bought. You're born again. A saint is not just a sinner who fell down and got up. We need to know who we are and walk in our true identity. And quit letting those who don't know the Lord dictate to us and tell us who we are because they're liars. We don't trample the blood of Jesus Christ underfoot and make it of none effect in our lives. We're blood bought and we hold on to his unchanging hand. If we stumble, we don't utterly fall because he picks us up with the right hand of his righteousness. And we are righteous people. We are not sinners who fell down and got up. You need to know who you are and accept only the truth about who you are. We are part of a great assembly of believers. Hebrews 12:22 tells us exactly who we are. It says, but you, have, you are come into Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of us all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus. Amen. We've come to him. He is the one we love, he's the one who paid for us, and he is the one we serve. We're free people, we're out of debt. We owe no man anything but to love him. We know who we are. We're not sinners anymore. We have power over sin. The grace of God is available to us for all things that we need. We're not ashamed of who we are, nor are we ashamed of the gospel. We're not trying to be like the world to win them to what? We're better than the world. When God saved you, he made you better than you were before. Our kingdom is not of this world. We are here to change the world. To bring his kingdom down to bear on wickedness and cause men to repent and choose the Lord. So how do we do it? We do it by standing in our authority. And we make known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. That is the purpose of the church. 
In Ephesians 3.10, it tells you that. As you walk in obedience to God, you walk in submission to authority. It says, to the intent now that unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Remember the days when we took that scripture seriously and we began to speak to devils and speak to the heavens and speak to resistance and speak out and declare and decree. And 90% of the church made fun of us, told us we were devil chasers. We gave the devil too much credit until they started to see themselves lose everything that they had. And now they want the anointing. Now they'll pay prophets to come and prophesy where they used to run us out of their churches by the droves. But that day is over because persecution often causes us to shake off who we think we are and accept our true identity. Amen. And so the church that's rising up now knows who she are. She is and she stands into her authority to make known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. And we make our declaration to the prince over the cities, over the states where we live. Like Esther, we know that this is our time. And we will not bow to any agenda that the devil has put forth. We won't bow to any intimidation that we're not politically correct. Or the church is full of haters. Or we don't, we don't love people. We're not kind to people. We don't know. We can make that thing shut up. And we can confront it when God has put the unction upon us to do that. Our church is glorious. We the church are glorious because we have been fed our feed. God has been feeding us the word. He's been stirring up the unction. We've been groomed by the Holy Spirit. Any hurts we have, he's healed. The big abscess on your gums, that's gone now, folks. The brokenheartedness has been healed. The rejection that we've suffered has been healed. And God has shown us that we can walk and still be wounded and not even be crushed or feel the pain. Because he's our keeper and he's our shield. He's our protector. He's our healer. Most of us are healed as we go from, for everything. Winty's not new to us. And we know we can put off death until it's our time to leave this earth. So what are we waiting for? We're waiting for nothing, folks, because God will get us into a place where he will force that word out of us so that it will come forth in power and it come forth in anointing. It's happening to people all the time, little bit by little bit. The CEO of Chick-fil-A just made a simple statement and caused half of America to shake and faint Because the evil prince that tries to force the homosexual agenda on everybody, all of our schools and all of our hospitals and teachers and everywhere that we go, that's trying to force now preachers to have to marry people of the same sex, got told who he he was. There's a judgment written against him already. And if someone would dare speak the truth and decree it, Just in a simple conversation, that voice gets carried everywhere. So what they thought they were doing to silence that voice only made it louder and louder. Because there's another voice that hears it. 
Another voice that'll declare it. Another voice that'll say it. Another voice that'll say it. And another voice that'll say it. Until we rise up as a mighty army, one man with one voice declaring to that evil prince that you better go in the hole again where you came from and not come out anymore. Young woman was thought she was on her way to become Miss USA and got asked that question. And she backed up for a minute, but there was fire shut up in her bones, a fire she didn't even know was there. Like Esther, she was getting groomed, got her acrylic nails, her hair done, or silicone, whatever is working on that line. She had it, and she felt she was home free until that question came. And what came out of her stunned her. But she said it anyway. See, when God has spoken, who can help but prophesy? That word was in her already. And God waited for the opportunity where he wanted to be released and he let it come out of her. He let it come out of her. It cost her dearly. But what it did for the heavenlies we can see right now because it stirred them up to get evil. The young man that put things on his website about her and called her names and talked about her was on Oprah Winfrey crying, saying that he didn't realize what a bad person he was. He wants to change. Too bad he said it in front of Oprah because she can't really get him saved. But he's on his way. He's on his way. See, this is how God saves people, through truth. He lets his people stand up and declare truth, and the principalities and powers understand it, and they must let go of what they're holding, even though they don't want to, because the bride has spoken. Come on up now. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to have Bishop Russell come up again. And we're going to do what God wants us to do here tonight, folks. Amen. Do you want the singers? Why don't you have the singers come up too, and we'll just go back to our song. Because we will change the world, folks. Huh? It's upon us. In 2010, God gave me a prophecy that that was the year of the prophetic people. We wrote our second volume two of our, our training books on God wants us to be prophetic people. He's called us to be prophetic people. God does things sometimes in signs. The ministry of Jesus Christ, the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, began with a miracle at a wedding. The end of his earthly ministry through the church will end with a miracle wedding where the bride will be caught up into heaven to meet the Lord into the air. God has given us the ability that he has through our words to prophesy. And so God has given us the authority to execute written judgments. If anybody ever has had trouble with the police like a ticket or something like that, maybe you thought it was all over and then one day, Somebody shows up at your door with a warrant for your arrest. Huh? Well, that's what we do to the devil. 
He's been getting away with it way too long. And we've got warrants to serve on him. We've had them since the word has been written. And so we can serve those warrants on him any time the unction comes for us to declare these things. So I'm going to have Bishop Russell get started with the music, and we're going to sing our song. Amen. Praise God. We'll get in the spirit of worship, and then we'll finish and make our declaration. Amen. Praise God.
God. Amen. So all we need to do is serve some warrants tonight. Amen. That's how we're going to finish. We're going to do what the church is designed to do. Now, Father has already started this earth with let there be. And through our sin, that got disturbed. But through our redemption, it's going to be made right again. Amen. So we're going to declare to the nation of America who we are and what we're called to do. We know who we are. You know you're a saint. Amen. Not just a sinner saved by grace, but you're seated in heavenly places with the Most High God. And so we're going to make a simple declaration just like the the little groomer did. At Churchill Downs at dawn. Empty stadium. Hey, America! We've been eating our feed today. I had my word. And you're about to see something that you ain't never seen before. So get ready. Hey, Michigan. The bride of Christ is here. And she's been in her word. And she got a word for that homosexual devil. That's like fire shut up in her phone. So get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. We even change the world. We will change the world. We will. Yes. We'll do it. Yes. Oh, 
truth we know who we are we're not being sung songs and put to sleep and told we're somebody we're not that we're not new creations we're not changed people but we know who we are and God will put you in a place and he'll give you a word and he'll give you an unction and it will be released amen it will be released in the proper place praise God amen so I thank everybody I'm wiped out. I don't know about you, but I'm to- totally done. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Amen. Tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock is our Sunday service with uh, Mike Riddle. And uh, he's still here, right? We didn't chase him all the way out of town. <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> I know we're, we're full of life and we're loud, but praise God. He likes it. Amen. So we're going to meet with him again tomorrow. Uh, write your questions down the way we said we were going to do. And- I'm-